God Almighty. This is the Sweat Equity Podcast. I'm doing this pre-recorded. We've already... I'm in radio, radio, radio mode. Um, I'm your host, Law Smith. This is the Sweat Equity Podcast. I've got my buddy, old buddy, on the show. Um, my buddy, Matt. Now, Balaker, Balaker, B-A-L-A-K-E-R. And now, I remember why... I, you probably went by Matty Ballgame. That that kind of just clicked again, I guess. Uh, old stand-up friend of mine when I was uh, hitting the clubs around in L.A. early in my uh, stand-up career. And uh, smart guy. Remember his, uh, his stand-up being very, uh, very smart and then not in the condescending kind of way, but at an open mic, sometimes the smart stuff just really passes by. Uh, when you're starting out in stand-up. So I was kind of like Matt, and um, he's got he's working on a book about uh, the late comedian, uh, the late great comedian, uh, I should say like that, with a comma. Greg Giraldo, one of my favorites as well, and we kind of talk about where he's at with the book and kind of if you're interested in kind of publishing something we may be doing it over here i feel like every business plan i'm writing it i'm like i should just make this into a book what am i doing passive income bruh so as always uh if you're listening to this you're either doing it on itunes or laughable we prefer laughable but uh we give them a shout out laughable's great app download it you can tag your favorite comedians on there i'm on there I'm going to start doing more podcasts as a guest. When I do that, you can see me You can see me populate up there. Um, yeah, you might want to see me in other formats. It's more fun to be a guest than host because you got to do like five things at once. The other part of it uh, on iTunes, subscribe, review, uh, and then write something in that review. And then uh, share it with a buddy. This is a podcast about pragmatic advice. Uh, realistic motivation and kind of stories to kind of kind of help we're the anti Tim Ferriss of sorts. Uh, I want to we're gonna get into more video, so that's gonna be interesting when we really start breaking down some of this nerd shit we're talking about. And uh, we're I'm already in the process of redoing the studio, so it doesn't look like shit. Or if you watch this episode on Google Hangout, or uh, I should say YouTube, so Google Hangout. For those you'd want to know, it used to be Google Hangout on air, and then now it's YouTube Live, but they're still weaning off Google Hangout on air. So, uh, you know, you have to set up a YouTube Live event. I downloaded that video. I extracted the audio you're about to hear, and then I also downloaded it so I can put it on Facebook. A little digital marketing for y'all. If you're doing some kind of video campaigns, you got to put it on both uh, YouTube and Facebook. Facebook wants to compete with YouTube because YouTube's the second biggest search engine. There you go. The more you know. I feel like I'm on. Uh, I'm an actor on NBC. So do that. Give us a review. If you want to give my company a review, go on Google Google Maps, Tokabaga Consulting. Do that. If you want to give a shout out for uh, Cigar City Comedy that produces this podcast go give him a holler go give him a like on facebook or a follow on twitter 
And then uh, last thing is, uh, hey, Squarespace, what's up? We don't have a promo code. When can you hook that up? That's all I ask for. Just You don't even have to pay us. We just want to give the discount. I want the ability. I want to show the ability that our crowd will use it. And then maybe we can get other cool sponsors that would pay money. All I'm going to do is put it right back into the show. Warren Buffett says, reinvest, man. Get that profit, re- reinvest it. All right, I got to get in a good mood now. Let's, uh, let's go uh, talk to my, my old buddy, Matty Mulgay. Get into it, dude. Now it's my bad. That's uh, my record stays uh, untapped. Never <laughs> start starting a video call on time, but yeah, man, I'm well, glad you're. I'm glad we're able to do this. Me too, and we're like 15 minutes before our scheduled time, so you are. Early. Are we? Yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Maybe I just. Man, I gotta stop trying to do the thing in my iCal where I try to trick myself to get there a little bit early because i kind of live and die by my iCal, mm-hmm. um which i don't recommend but it's one of those things where i'm trying to trying to streamline a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but i can't you can't do that thing like the old school way be like putting your old alarm clock 15 minutes earlier if you're constantly right. late i'm not that kind of person i just never set up for this in time mm-hmm. so i think i try to juke myself out Anyway, well, it gives it a good uh, entrepreneurial bootstrapped feel. So I, I like the authenticity oh, bootstrap, man. I don't even know what that means. Uh, like I've heard that term for 12 years, I think 13 years, like a lot. And I, it never really like, it just feels like one of those like synergy. It just feels like one of those words that just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. Well, I think it means, uh, you know, you pull yourself up from the bootstraps, but it's like with uh, businesses, it's like you have to do everything on your own, find your money, not rely on other people and just just find a way to make it work. Yeah, I use guerrilla kind of style a lot. Okay. That, that's kind of the best way I can refer to it because it is like we're working on, we were just looking at doing a like project managing, you know, in the planning stages of like this web series, uh, I have these video production companies on either side of me and they want it to be a little bit interactive as wave as kind of a way to pitch it to to bigger studio houses and i was like i like that idea i'm down my company's in and so we're going about it and i was like yeah but we got to sell this in a way that we're figuring out a model of how to shoot guerrilla style Mm -hmm. because that's they'll see the long, hopefully a bigger production house would see the long-term benefits like Netflix does with, I think a lot of production companies. If you can make good movies, you know, B minus movies pretty cheap. I think that's the Mark Duplass kind of method uh, that you always have kind of suitors out Mm -hmm. there. So I was like, we got to kind of use that as a sales pitch. It worked Uh, for South Park. Like their first episode was like, cardboard cutouts and then when they went to cg they had to make it look like cardboard cutouts or construction paper i guess 
Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that that's kind of how I apply every like kind of new idea. It's like, can we do this? How can we make this as inexpensive as possible mm-hmm. while keeping the creative good, which should always be there like kind of innately, but it never is. I'm, I'm very interested to hear how you went about doing the book. Sure. Um, so what's it called by the way? Well, we're, we're working right now. We're just calling it the Greg Giraldo book. Mm-hmm. We, we, we had some surveys out for the, the title and the one that won it was, uh, you don't look Hispanic. Uh, <laughs> and it is because it's based on one of his bits and it's funny, yeah. but then yeah. when I was talking with our co-author and some of the other people involved, it's not really representative of him or the book really. I mean, it's just like, it's kind of seems stupid to take one line he did and use that as the title. So for, uh, the sweat equity listeners, we, we are open to suggestions and that's probably going to be the last thing we do. But for now, we're just calling it the Greg Giraldo book. So we're on, on Twitter. It's just at Greg Giraldo book and the website is greggeraldobook.com. But we are open to titles. So if you have any, uh, you know, you can, I, I, no, I, 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 I love names. Oh, we got some feedback. Um, I, I, I like naming stuff. It's kind of like writing a joke in a little <laughs> bit of a way. You're kind of trying to get a lot of uh you're trying to economize you know the the thing now is to have a name and then have the subtitle be super long (laughs) so what's the what's going to be the through line for the book how how far are you in what's the pro like where are you at we have about fifty-five thousand words written um so I, i don't know exactly how it translates to pages but i mean most books of this kind would be, I don't know, 45 to 80,000 ish. Okay. So we, we have more to do. And a lot of like, kind of like joke writing, a lot of it is, is chopping it down. So it's not so much how many words do you have on the page? It's what's the, the fewest number of words you can put on it to, to make your point. And, and so we're, we're, we're going through edits and we're also doing more interviews. So in, on one end, we're, we're, we're trimming it down, but then we're adding new content. Like for example, there are a few people that we want to interview that just because of scheduling conflicts, we haven't done it yet. And then inevitably when you talk to one person, they're like, Oh, you should, should talk to so-and-so, you know, they work together as open micers in the mid nineties. So there, there's, there's some of that. So God, I, I was, I was trying to think like a little bit before uh, we got on, uh, on here. And I was trying to think about like, how do you, how do you project manage this? How do you go about getting a book and then, I'll, let's start backwards. I want to start where you kind of, I'm guessing he's probably your favorite comedian or one of them. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably the one I was always most fascinated by. Why? And why? Because, well, one, I, I, I saw him on tough crowd and then, or actually before I saw him on Conan once, but I, you know, in school, uh, I was always pretty smart. You know, I, was, I wasn't like his level, but I was a good student, you know, went, went to college and, and whatnot. But I always, you know, like you love comedy. And I thought it was really interesting that he bailed out on, you know, a Harvard Law pedigree. He had this like career in front of him and he's like telling dick jokes. And, and some people that's like, that's stupid, but I thought that was really admirable. And, and because he never really gave much detail on his background, I was, I was fascinated by it. And also um, when he passed away, it, it, was, it was kind of one of these things, like I was actually upset that there wasn't a bigger deal made of it. When I was always like the guy on Twitter or, or Facebook who, who like, you know, why, why are someone crying about Michael Jackson's death? You know, you didn't 
you didn't know him or whatever, you know, it's like, but, but for some reason with, with, with Geraldo, I didn't know, I met him twice, but you know, it certainly wasn't like bros with him or anything, but it was, it was sort of a way to just learn, learn his backstory. And I think I wanted to know it because there wasn't that much about it out there. Yeah. I think, uh, what's, I mean, God, he was so, he was so good on tough crowd and mm-hmm. that I think we we're around the same age. And that was kind of that thing of like, when you're watching that when you're younger, you're just kind of like marveled at like, like he, he's as funny as the other guys on there, I think, but he was also super intelligent. Right. And I, before you even knew he went to Harvard or was a lawyer or any of that, you're like, wow, this guy is kind of an amazing, like just, uh, I don't want to say rock and tour, but like just very eloquent. Um, mm-hmm when he's hating on everybody else's dicks uh right you know, right but he, he could make fun of like patrice's shirt you know he, he wasn't one of these guys who was like working to be smart i mean that's so annoying uh, it was just kind of effortless and, and i liked how he, he wouldn't you, you've probably met a lot of people from the ivy leagues and within like 14 seconds of like i went to princeton or i went to harvard you know they that's that's like their whole identity is is tied up into that and for someone to be on the opposite end of the extreme and be really successful i think is pretty cool yeah, I for some reason as you were talking about him, like I think of like, I think we're enamored by genius people that just go do their own thing. Like I, th- right. I was thinking of Howard Hughes for some reason, um, even though that's like a kind of a way different example. But he at least just did what he wanted to do, and he was he was a really smart guy, but he's kind of he was manic and you know all that stuff. Yeah. But I think what we like about him was that like he was like i'm gonna build this huge plane and i'm gonna figure it out (laughs) the golden goose uh but but yeah i mean um or the spruce moose was it spruce Spruce Spruce. see i heard the simpsons joke first so it's always messed (laughs) me up um and then i i didn't get it until my roommate uh in auburn was like oh remember from the aviator we just now that's that simpsons joke i was like oh yeah i have no (laughs) education except for the simpsons (laughs) That's a good uh, start somewhere. That's a good. <laughs> but like, um, so, so you've been at it for a while, you know, I yeah. think we kind of mutually kind of, you know, are friendly with each other from afar. I, I've seen like you posting about it. Uh, I heard, I think your brother was on Corolla's podcast or. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was, pro- he was promoting a, a movie directed. Can we take a joke? A, a documentary oh, okay. about comedy and free speech. He was talking about it though, right? I didn't make that up. I no, want to he, say he, he didn't make it up. He he might have referenced it or in in an article or something. But yeah, he he did. He helped promote it indirectly. But yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Like, gosh, I got the idea a couple of years ago, and then just in my spare time, like because I did a Kickstarter campaign, but that was probably six months after I began doing interviews and research because I I wanted to make sure the project had legs. I didn't want to like go out there publicly and say, we're going to do this if I wasn't sure. It would yeah. Get well, are you worried? Are you also worried another, like a publisher could come in a bigger guy and kind of do the same thing that, as, that, the, as, as the timing goes down. Right. I mean, that was definitely a, a concern at the beginning because it was, you know, it's kind of like first to market. But when I talked to some of the bigger publishing houses initially, they're, you know, you're probably big Geraldo head I am to the big like population at large it's it's very niche and so yeah. if, it, if it was Robin Williams 
they'd be on it in a second. But because he didn't have that big crossover success, there was there was a little more hesitation. But I still thought, you know, once once people get wind, I'm doing it. Maybe maybe one of his friends will do it, or or, or some you know something like that. So it did motivate me to at least get the Kickstarter out there because at least that showed I had first claim. But then also before I did the Kickstarter, I talked to um, his his former wife, his ex-manager, Jesse Joyce, a lot of the people who were like very close to him. So I knew they hadn't talked to anyone else about a book. And actually afterwards, um, Jesse Joyce emailed me that some guy, uh, I think from USC, some college student was working on a book about Geraldo after this, but I think he saw I had all this work out there and was like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stop because nothing, nothing's came of it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just kind of head down and working to finish it. So how do you go about this whole process? Other So from the start, you had the idea. You're like, hey, this guy has a story that should be told. Because uh, I think when you started, how long from his death had it been? About seven years, I want to say? Six. Actually, about five. Kind of about five years. Okay. Uh, and it started because I, I was working like a regular job again and still doing stand-up, but I had a second kid on the way. And I was on Amazon and I just searched Geraldo, Greg Geraldo, because I, I thought there might've been a book about him and I just wanted to read it and there wasn't. So that's really what it started. I, I was like, no one's done this. And I was really curious about his life. And it was a little sad that nothing had been done. Like once I saw that, it was almost like, what if Frank Sinatra died and no one wrote a book about it? I mean, that might be an extreme example, but but you know, it's like in, in the world of stand-up comedy, I think most aficionados would say he is if not the best in the top, 10 of the last 30, 40 years, you know, maybe post Carlin type and, and to have nothing really documented beyond videos, it, it seemed, seemed wrong. So that's how it started. It was, I'm not a like author by trade. It's just, I want to, I want to read a book about him. No one's done it. And I kind of got one of these light, light bulbs, like, all right, maybe, maybe I'm the guy to do it. So yeah, so, yeah man, that, man that's, it's, 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 it's tough, tough to, to do. do. You got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> For people listening, how do you go about, um, I guess, because a lot of this podcast is supposed to be about like trying to do what you want to do while you're doing the thing you probably hate uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or the thing that pays the bills, exactly. whatever, you know, like, or working on a passion project like this and maybe you find out, hey, I think I could do this again but maybe not with a comedian, with someone else. Um, you know, I, I get asked like, hey, I really want to be, I really want to open up my own coffee shop. And it's like, cool, well, and, but they're like, I don't have any money. It's like, all right, well, how, start by, you know, having a coffee blog, coffee lovers blog. Right, right. Start there because it's flexible to do. And then maybe try to pop up at, uh, some volunteer stuff where you can give coffee to people that are get a you know, coffee stuff. cart or, or just, you know, bring coffee yeah, just, somewhere and start giving just away. Start. I, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, just look, uh, you don't know if this is good. Like the best thing to do for, I forget, God, I got to think of the example of what they asked me, but I was like, just start doing stuff in the direction of what you want to do, even though it might not be the exact th same thing. Like, right just start doing that in that area. So like when I was doing standup, when we were uh, sharing the stages in LA, um, you know, like I, I did improv classes 
and mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to, but I knew like, like, uh, like LeBron every year kind of started trying to work on his game, like add a new element. I was like, I'm not very good off the cuff. I need to work on this. I need to work on characters. I need to work on assigning personalities to audience members when I'm talking to them. <laughs> I need to le learn to listen on stage, which is really tough. And so, especially when you're talking 99% of the time. And you're amplified but, and they're not. Yeah. And so like, I, I, I was just like, I look, I know taking groundlings classes sucked. It was three hours after a 10 hour day in Santa Monica. I have to fucking book it to West Hollywood, which took an hour and a half to go nine miles. Uh, and then take three hours of a class with a bunch of fucking weirdo delusional people. And, and how uh, much, I mean, I did that too for like three years and how much money was each class? I mean, it was, it was really expensive. At the time I'm 24. It was a lot, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's a few hundred bucks. Bucks or, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a grunt at a mutual fund company. So it was like, I didn't make much there and I had long hours because their pitch is a career path as a CFP. My, you know, like my thing was like, uh, I'm going to leave this job in the recession to go do dick jokes. <laughs> so, but I'm saying like, I knew that was like in the right area. And if someone like wanted me to help them with a sketch, I'd try to sit down for, let's go have coffee and like try to run out the beats. Cause Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm like, you know, I do want to, maybe I do want to do sketch comedy, like uh, film it one day and kind of, so let's get some reps in that area. And now I'm finding all that stuff I've done that, you know, people are like, what the fuck? That's a waste yeah. of time. I'm using all those things now. It all kind of is an amalgam when, when I'm getting people that need digital commercials <laughs> and I'm telling them, look, if we make them funny, uh, if they're funny campaigns, you'll get, you'll have to spend less cause you'll get shared more. Right. So if we take time in the, the head of this and really think of, I'm trying to work out a campaign for a moving company here and it's around the country called college hunks. And I'm trying to get it, get one called the professional and it's just bros that get it done. And uh -huh. look, at, look, it's not a 10 on the funny scale, but I've got about 30 seconds and it's corporate. Right. So I got to, I got to, I got to put a governor on it, but I, I learned, I have the business side and the comedy side that helps all of that. So when I'm, and I know you were kind of the same personality mm -hmm. um, and it's really hard to come by in the stand-up world to find someone that like during the day has just a, a real, a real job, not like <laughs> a job that's like, yeah, I just, I just fucking take tickets, at, right. you know, at the at Disneyland or something like that. Like, I always thought like try to do both at the same time and it help. it actually helps you figure out shit on both sides. It's, it's a great, like, I mean, you're an example is it's a great lesson in time management. Like when you're at the mutual fund company, you're probably tired. You want to go home, drink, you know, whatever, watch, watch sports center and crash. You don't necessarily want to haul 90 minutes to Melrose to go to your grounding class. But when, after you do it, you realize, Oh, I, I've been doing this for six months and I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. And, and so kind of like going, going back to your, your coffee shop, analogy mm -hmm. um you know that this book is is absolutely a passion project more so than a, a for-profit venture but i'm open to, to making money <laughs> off of it but i think what you said really hits home with with any aspiration it's you know you don't have to get the touchdown on the first play from scrimmage it's like just do something to advance the ball to use a like football analogy and and like with with this i i 
after I got a few interviews and I talked to, I think what really did it was when I talked to uh, his wife and she was awesome, but very just open about the relationship and kind of seemed like cathartic in a way, like, you know, someone's actually talking to me. It's not just the, the famous people that, that he knew. I was like, you know, maybe I'm onto something. And, and I didn't go in thinking like, oh, I, I need to talk to his family. Right? I just, I want to do a book. And then one thing led to another. And when I got on Kickstarter, I was kind of like, oh crap, you know, this is, this is a lot of work. You know, it's not just right. It's not just interviewing. That was, I could do at night or weekends or whatever, but like the actual writing, I, I was kind of hitting a wall. I was like, I, I just don't have time. I had my two, two kids under three years old. Um, so oh, through, God. through Kickstarter, uh, I, I connected with a guy who's a, a donor and he's a library, uh, a research librarian, but also a writer. And he had written a biography on some, um, some, some writer from a few decades ago. I, I, Sam Johnson, I guess was the guy's name. But anyhow, this guy, Wayne, connected through me. And I knew I wanted to find someone. In fact, I, I connected with some of Geraldo's friends to see if they would be interested in co-authoring or just, and it's also a way to keep accountable. That's, I guess that's another good piece of advice for the, the sweat equity listeners. It's one, you, you know, the old saying, you can do it all, but you can't do it all yourself. I think there's also something to be said for peer pressure or for accountability. Um, I mean, probably doing this, this podcast is, is something like people expect it. You don't always want to do it, but now that you're accountable to people, you can turn them out a lot faster and, and you're progressing a lot more than if you were just on your own. Yeah. I, so this started as a passion project, same way. Um, and you're right. Uh, like today's a little difficult because you can't see it on my screen, but I have people coming in the office trying to wave at me while we're talking and I'm trying to just not look at them and now they can hear me. But <laughs> I think they're trying to get me to come over there for something urgent. Uh, so we may, we okay. may cut it a little early, but I, we, I got some time, but, uh, but yeah, it's that thing of like, this started as a passion project. And then it kind of became a little bit of like, Oh, this is a little bit of one of the few conversations I have during the week that is a little bit focused mm-hmm. and I'm not looking at my phone. Typically there's not people running in and out, uh, mm-hmm. like flagging me down. And that becomes, and a lot of our work is very, uh, can be very isolating, like stand up. And so like that thing of uh, having this and then starting as a passion thing. And I started with another buddy of mine and it was fun with him, but it was too hard to book both of us. And then a third person. Uh, But after that, it still became this thing of like, I do get people that hit me up and are like, yeah, this is really good. The, the, this app you told me to check out, I actually mm-hmm. checked it out and I was like, Whoa, all right. That's <laughs> you listen. Thanks. Yeah, no, I had some clients that are under contracts and, and I'm like, I think, uh, I think over time you can't really be a bullshit artist doing this this long. And mm-hmm. I try to tell them, I don't know everything. I, like, I feel like I've got a good grasp on what I know. And I'll tell you like, oh, well, let me look that up. You know, the internet changes so much, the digital stuff. Anyway, but like, I feel like those skills get applied elsewhere. Even with your kids under three, you know, you may be able to look at the the timeline of the book and try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And at the same time you go, okay, well, I could take this this project management skill and apply it to 
the kids next steps, you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm already in, our kid's only seven months old and we have another one on the way, which I can, oh, Irish th- yeah, 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 13 months apart. Th- I, I think I can publicly say it because uh, I just found out we're having a girl. Wow. So nice. I think this is, by the time this, this airs on the audio version, uh, will be Thursday. So okay. I think that'll be cool. If not, I'll be in a lot of shit, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's that thing of like, um, I'm, I'm looking at their timeline of, all right, if we need to give them in a private school, if that's what we're going for, mm-hmm. or I want to have that option, let's say, right. I'm approaching it like I would any project like, okay, what do we need to do to get there? All right. How much does that cost per month? Okay. So how, all right, we got to add another, whatever it is here, 22, no, not 22, 12, uh, 12 or 13 grand a year or something like that. I don't, I, I, if you tell me what it is over there, I might barf, um, over, where are you in LA? I'm in Orange County now. Orange County. Yeah. Were you in San Francisco for a while? Uh, yeah. I was in the, like, um, Mountain View, like after LA is two years. My, my wife was had a two year job up there. Um, so that, yeah, I was there. Then we moved uh, to Orange County, like all, not all, but a lot of family, you know, West Hollywood wasn't the, uh, wasn't as easy to, to, uh, raise kids in a 600 square foot apartment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, or I like Orange County. I'm, I'm down with it. Um, you can get to LA and San Diego if you had a gig. Exactly. That's exactly. I always, I always put it in gig terms. How far away am I from the good clubs? And, and the gigs here, even just the weeknight ones, they don't all pay, but when they do, they're a hell of a lot better than LA. So, I mean, it's, it's the, the stage time, as you know, LA is probably the hardest place to uh, get stage time, especially good stage time. So if you're, if you're 50 miles away, there's some benefits. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I drove to fucking Tustin from uh, West LA on a Tuesday night. When you were talking about, you know, slogging it, making the example from me working at the mutual fund company and slogging it out in LA mics. I always think of driving to Tustin for Tuesday night open mic. Mm-hmm. It was a really good mic. It was the one I could, I knew I could get on. And I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm driving it. I'm I'll, three hours, pretty much of travel time, almost yeah. 55 miles away. But, um, but for whatever, for that point in my life, it's worth it. Anyway, we're getting, I'm getting on, uh, so you're talking about the, the kids and you have a plan if you want to go to private school. Yeah. So, but I mean, like uh, what kind of skills do you think you've kind of gained by doing this? Obviously time management's huge. I feel like Geraldo in putting a through line for that Geraldo at one point had to figure that out as he was a practicing attorney, right? Yeah. And yeah. doing it up at night. Exactly. And, and he was practicing at one of the most, prestigious but also like sweatshop type work environments where you know i mean people complain oh i have long hours i worked you know till 6 30. i mean at this i mean they would literally work all night like sleep at their desk wake up eat and then continue working um, and so he he would would ditch sometimes you know take breaks and go to bars or, or wherever their their performance opportunities i mean he wasn't at this really big law firm for that long it was under a year um, but then one thing I learned, I thought he just like cut off from there and was like overnight a professional, but that seemed unrealistic because I'd kind of been the <laughs> the, tre- the trenches. You don't you don't go from open mics to headlining in in six months, no matter how good you are. 
And so he went from this really big law firm to a smaller one. And then he teamed up with a guy he used to work with. So he was hustling, you know, I mean, he, he kind of had the, then he got married. So, I mean, he had, he had, he had the, the day job and then, then he was going to Queens and Manhattan at night. Um, I mean, he was also so good that I, I think his ascension was faster than, than most people, but and he was also a little bit older to start, you know, he's probably about 25. I don't know if that's older, but you know, like there's, there are kids now who start like 17, you know, or, sure. or in college. He, he, he wasn't that. Uh, but, but it, that was something's like, you know, it, you know, this, I mean, if, if you love something and you, you have that, it's almost like a calling, uh, you just, you kind of make time for it and, and everything else falls by the wayside. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of prior, prioritizing. And then also, I mean, uh, to, to bring it back to the book project, it's just understanding like, it's not going to be done tomorrow. And sometimes I get a little overwhelmed, like, oh shit, like there's, it's too wordy, or I, I need more input from this, or I don't have enough background on that, or you know, I'm imagining like criticism you'd get from the editor. It's just like all the silly stuff that, that these like these blocks we put on ourselves when it's just like, do something. You know, it's like when you're going to Tustin, you're not, you're thinking like, oh, well, am I going to get a two show deal out of this? Or am I, am I, am I getting my own sitcom? You know, probably not, but you, you might work out a bit. That'll help yeah. you in the next stage, which will get you your HBO deal in 10 years. Yeah. On the way down, work on the bits on the way back, listen to the set and try to work on it. I, I say that like I did it like that, but <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> I, I made I made phone calls most of the time just to kind of yeah. say what's up. But you know, um, what I guess do you have like a have you given yourself a date you're trying to, to yeah finish it? yeah it'll it'll be out this year. I mean the the the, the holdup it could have been out sooner is um, I can't name them, but it, it appears we have a, a publisher for this type of work in process. And I was debating, do I self-publish? Do I go traditional route? And some of the traditional publishers, they're so slow. So I get a lot of emails on kicks from the Kickstarter people or on Twitter, like, when will the book be out? And, and the truth is, I don't know exactly. Because if it was a publisher, it's out when they say it's out. And then I was getting frustrated. So I was like, I just want to self-publish because that way I can control it. But now I found this like kind of because it's, it's not all documented. I, I don't want to say it's for sure, yeah, but, yeah. but it looks like I found a good option for this where it's not self-published, but it, it's more in line with like digital media and, and kind of the, the new wave of, of content creators. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I can't bet my life on it, but I fully expect it'll be out this year. Yeah. Just like, I, I call it like a college football commitment. You got the solid verbal yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, pretty sure, but something could fall through. So you don't want to, well, and, and nowadays, I mean, I can put it out myself. It's just what I've learned is there's so much more than just writing it. There's there's the publicity angle. There's the the legal angle. There's all the um, just ticking and tying of, 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 you know, getting the rights for stuff. If, if you're not sure if you, you know, all, all that kind of back end boring stuff that that takes time and delays things. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, I think I I think I uh, had a few and I was uh messaging you but i i'm fully uh happy to help you with any of the online uh aspects to kind of getting it out there when you do uh using my company to help you with that but it's Thank that you. thing it, yeah i mean you'll have the publisher probably handle some of that but you're still gonna have to do a lot of you know absolutely the pr but, stuff you gotta you gotta have someone that's good a good publicist that can get you on everything mm -hmm. but um you know as far as like straight up digital marketing stuff, 
I've got a lot of experience in that. And, uh, you know, you can do a lot on the lead up. The idea is really, I think you want to get it on the New York Times bestseller list. I know that's a huge goal. Like, mm -hmm. I, that feels insurmountable. But the deal is, like, pre-sold, if there's a way to do that and get a bunch pre-sold, then, like, everything's gravy from there or something like that. Hope so. Yeah, and I'd love, to, you know, if it's cool with you, once it comes out, do like a more formal podcast where we talk about the book, where you can get it. Because I'm going to hopefully have some parties for it um, throughout the when country. When are you thinking? Uh, you know, like fall, summer-ish, you know, when, when, it, when it's ready. Uh, well, but, but, I, I was going to say, I need to, I need to make a trip to LA anyway. <laughs> well, um, well, we, we'll probably do something in New York City. Like, I'd love to have something, because a, a lot of the... Um, comedy seller people were interviewed I and mean, that yeah. was kind of his home base and it just seems like a natural but i was thinking maybe the laugh factory because jamie masada was was close with geraldo so come to la i'll, I'll drive up from orange county and uh, we'll celebrate hey, if, I have, if i have an excuse to go to either I'll, I'll try to make it happen I, i'm supposed to go up there for a few meetings in new york so uh, a lot of a lot of people go back and forth between uh tampa and new york like steinbrenner um well if you so, have two kids under like 18 months just leave as much as you can yeah and, oh yeah, yeah have yeah. your wife take care of them you know they're half asian so they're kind of they kind of <laughs> take care of themselves most of the time so it's all good <laughs> plus my wife's a comedian she gets it she knows what's going on so yeah no you, you did well not only uh not only your wife but your kids are, are he, well, the, very very good looking it's, uh, baby buddha man he, yeah, yeah thank god he doesn't look like me <laughs> I had some rough years for a while, um, but that, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's so fat as a baby. He just look his arms look like water balloons. Like they're about to pop, you know, you're like, is this going to hold all of it in? Is your skin just going to, um, well, yeah, man, that's exciting. I, I, I just think about, I guess I'm, I'm helping my buddies across the hall, my video partners, um, two, eight monkeys, uh, they want to do a children's book pretty soon mm -hmm. and they're kind of telling me about the whole process. And I was like, well, I had no idea. I, cause to me, I'm like, you could probably self-publish and you could probably get it done. And I was like, Oh yeah, you gotta, if you're doing the self-published route and you have a hard, there's a little different cause it's kind of a, a toy meets a book kind of sure. deal. But like if you're doing a hard bound book and not just a Kindle or a digital version, uh, you've got to get, produced probably in China, which means you need a quality control person on both sides of the import export, uh, which means, you know, you, you it's, it's harder, it's cheaper to do, but it's a lot more, no pun intended, sweat equity mm -hmm. to do Absolutely. it. Uh, and like, and then you have a stack of books, so you have inventory, so you got to figure out where to keep them. You got to keep them in a cool spot too, that you can ship out of. Because if it overheats like it is, it can't hear, then the books can get all fucked up and kind of moist, as they say. Uh, you don't want moist children's books. That's bad. No, no, that's two genres that shouldn't overlap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, have you thought of a cover? Uh, I know the yeah. title is hard, man. Uh, and I will. I honestly will try to think of some titles. Um, I feel like Don Draper when I can name something. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like what, I guess, what's the through line like for his life that, you know, without giving away too much, but what's the through line of his, like that you might have throughout the book about 
him. Really. I, th I think one is he treated everyone really well, kind of but himself. <laughs> like uh, I think that the, the through line is 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 well that that's part of it, and, and also that this notion that we're not achieving our our quote unquote maximum or potential is kind of a fallacy because he would he made it in so many ways and he's kind of like known for not making it so that's kind of a through line it's like if this guy has not made it then 98 percent of the people on the planet are just complete losers you know like if it, 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 i think that's kind of the through line it's it's sort of a, take some time whatever you're doing and it's hokey and it's cheesy and corny but appreciate what you have and what you've done because it's probably a lot better than you think. I mean, it's, it's never as good as it could be. But if you start comparing to like anyone that has more, you'll 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 forget what you have, and and, and also, just easier said than done. Tr try to be good to yourself if you can, especially in comedy. It's it's like it's it's kind of a self-loathing. It's almost like a drug. It's like you love the high, but then when it doesn't go well, you're like, should I be doing this? I'm terrible. You know, it's like we get in this kind of vicious spiral. And, and and maybe that's what motivates comics, but I, I think like in, in Geraldo's case, he really was good to people. He was a great performer. He was he was you know certainly a flawed human being like we all are, but but never really appreciated it, and and then never so much. I mean, he knew he was a good comic, but there were times he would get in these spirals of depression, like should I be doing this? And it's like to anyone on the outside, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? You are like amazing at this. You're one of the top ever you know and, and that that applies to other people just like exhale and be appreciative yeah i you know i don't know if you get the i mean i know you get this doing stand-up and you're uh you're in the bay area soon i want to say performing um I, oh i'm in brea so i'm i'm in uh, i'm oh, in brea. Sorry, my bad. I'll, I'll, tonight i'll be uh, with uh yes with uh Pazitsky. Um, oh nice but I, I'll probably be in the Bay Area eventually. But you know, I'm. Um, I, I, I probably scrant. I my brain kind of probably autocorrected. Um, but I do think you know you get this in stand up a lot, and I compare stand up and entrepreneurship really. They're really close. They're uh, because it's a lot of highs. You got to have enough ego to think you can do it, um, but you got to have enough empathy to know that you suck at the same time that you got holes in your game. And so like, and I always kind of break down entrepreneurship into the, that it's empathy, ego. And then I, you think about the duality of standup. That's kind of it is like, you know, there's some nights where you're like, I should just kill myself. Uh, and then there's other nights where you're just like, I'm the fucking funniest human being that ever lived. Mm -hmm. uh, like right when you get off stage, almost like, almost like right when you, <laughs> right when you jizz like yeah, yeah i'm the fucking man like yeah. just whatever that ego is it, it, it's wild mood swings mm -hmm. and so you're right happiness at least in an american sense is kind of in that thing where it's relative to everybody else right and so which it it shouldn't be as strong it shouldn't have that strong of a tie of relative happiness you should be grateful and you're right. You sh everybody should kind of take a minute, look around, take a 20 minute walk without the phone and kind of think the about best it. Advice. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do old man Jewish walks. That's my new, that's my thing. Cause a, cause I just need to get off screens and stuff yeah. and stop looking at lights for 
a little bit because I'll get in there. But the other part is, and this is where when people try to uh, go, what people, (laughs) my favorite thing is when people ask you about comedy Mm -hmm. and they're kind of glomming on their favorite comedian onto you. And you're like, no, you can't. Here's the only things I I know that are kind of the same for all comedians. I'm like, there's a lot of different kinds of comedians. So whoever your favorite is, I'm you, if like your favorite's like Mike Epps and then you see me, you're going to be like, you're fucking horrible. Like it's not, maybe it's not your cup of tea, you know, like it's very subjective. Right. And so I was like, the only kind of two things I see personality wise, all comics kind of have that are really doing it is there's some kind of self-destructive something mm-hmm. in their personality. Uh, and then the other part is um, not OCD, but obsessive nerd, nerdy nerding out on something. Like I'm, if I'm into this, I'm into this right. a lot and I'm curious almost to a fetish kind mm-hmm. of point. So, and so that's the only two I'm like, like you can't, all comedians it's like saying all people are the same when you're like all comedians do the same shit mm-hmm. i just thought i thought geraldo was such a um there's not a lot of guys that can split those hairs i think by being smart and being wildly funny like his half hour special i think was one of my favorites um but i don't know i gotta wrap up in a couple minutes anything you got any how do people watch the progress of all of this or yeah Follow us on Twitter. The, the handle is at Greg Geraldo book. And then our website, we, we have links to, uh, we'll have a link to this podcast, but also updates on the book. And we have, we have some excerpts from it. And that's uh, greggeraldobook.com. And if anyone has a story, um, preferably one of how we impacted your life positively, uh, let us know. We can we put it on the website if, if you're interested or, or maybe use it in the book. Any comedians we should publicly shout out to see if we can get an interview with them for the book uh, for you we we've had a lot of one who will who said he will interview and i talked to him but we haven't interviewed yet is jeff ross but then the other and this this might be, be a big help is um vinnie mead from the stress factory the um mm-hmm. he's like the owner he's also a comic i don't i don't know him but um geraldo's last show was there and we, we interviewed some people who were who who went to it but we haven't interviewed him Okay. Uh, I've tried. Um, so if, if anyone out there knows him or, or if, if you're, if you're listening, Vinny, um, we'd love to talk. We can, uh, we can try to put it out there. It, it's, it, that's kind of the fun of some of this digital stuff is like, we, we'll see if we can get it out. Maybe by way of this, you'll be able to kind of get that going and, and, cool. and they'll be able to listen, know that you, you're coming from a, a genuine fan perspective first. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Kitty Kelly. This isn't a. a <laughs> well, thanks for doing this, man. And we'll definitely, uh, if not in person, we'll definitely do this again when the book comes out. And then, well before when you find out a date, when you're about 90 days out, give me okay. a call, and we'll. Uh, I'll go over some nerd marketing stuff. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, cool. man. Thank you. Congratulations. Take care. Bye. See you, buddy.